0: This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China.
1: Welcome back to the Undaunted Women of Nanking. Before continuing with the diaries, we take a step back to consider Minnie's early years at Jinling, during a period of internal conflict in China. This material, which helps us understand some of Minnie's later attitudes, is taken from the book American Goddess at the Rape of Nanking, The Courage of Minnie Votrin.
0: In 1923, the Nationalist government in South China formed an alliance with the Chinese communists and accepted Russia's help to organize a revolutionary army to unite the country. By September 1926, when Minnie Votrin returned to Nanking after her second furlough in the United States, the Nationalist government had already empowered General Chiang Kai-shek to command the northern expedition troops to eliminate the warlords. Chiang and his men launched the expedition in July of that year, and were victorious from Canton in the south, moving northward. One year later, they successfully took Nanking from the warlords, but regrettably staged the Nanking incident. On March 24, 1927, no sooner had the 6th Corps of the Northern Expedition Troops entered Nanking than its soldiers attacked the consulates of the United States, Great Britain, and Japan. They went on a rampage of burning and looting the foreign residences and schools, smashing windows and furniture, stripping foreigners' clothes, and even threatening to rape women. Vice President John E. Williams of the University of Nanking and five other foreigners were killed. Eleven British, Americans, and Japanese were wounded. The consulates of the United States, Britain, and Japan were gutted. According to Minnie's observation, almost all foreigners' homes, except Reverend John McGee's, were either burned or looted, and all Christian schools, except Jinling College, the University of Nanking, and two others, suffered the same fate. Nevertheless, shortly after learning that many soldiers were searching for foreigners to kill, the Chinese faculty and students on the campus hid many and other foreign teachers in the attic of the faculty dormitory and later escorted them to the attic of Bailey Hall at the University of Nanking to hide with other foreigners. Meantime, another group of 52 foreigners, including the American consul at Nanking, John K. Davis, fled to the Standard Oil headquarters on Sokane Hill. While there, Davis was confronted several times by small groups of Chinese soldiers demanding money or threatening to kill everyone inside the building, which was surrounded by snipers. That night, Minnie did not close her eyes once. She managed to sneak to a window and saw that it was completely dark over the entire city except for the glittering flames from the burning foreign schools and residences. Throughout the entire night, the Chinese students and friends continuously brought groups of foreigners from their hiding places to the attic of Bailey Hall. Among these foreigners was Anna Moffat, wounded by bullets, who had been carried in on a stretcher by several Chinese. Early in the day, she had been hidden in the straw piles of the houses of Chinese workers, who again and again brought their coarse food to feed her. The following night, Minnie and all the foreigners hiding in the attic of Bailey Hall were transported to the foreign gunboats anchored at Xiaquan along the Yangtze River. The group of foreigners, led by the American consul, Mr. Davis at the Standard Oil headquarters, under the cover of a barrage of gunfire from the American and British gunboats, also managed to escape over the city wall and board a gunboat. Later, when Minnie reported the unfortunate incident to Elizabeth Bender, she wrote, Miss Moffat, and all of us who have left Nanking had a memory of kindness and loyalty of those with whom we have been working. Our fellow teachers, our students, and our servants were deeply grieved by what happened that day. My last memory of that march to Xiaquan was the country neighbors who escorted us as far as the old drum tower. On March 27th, Minnie, along with other foreigners, reached Shanghai by gunboat. According to her observation, by April 16th, all the foreign residents in Nanking had left the city.
1: Now we return to the diary of Minnie Votrin, Thursday, December 23rd, 1937.
2: Two days before Christmas, How different from the usual life on our campus at this time of year. Then, all is so busy. Preparation, anticipation, and joy. Now, all is fear and sadness, not knowing what the next moment may bring forth. Our campus yesterday and today has been more peaceful. Yesterday, three groups of soldiers stayed in, and today but one. The past two nights have also been peaceful. Our guard is changed every day, and with each new group, Mr. Wang and I explain by every means possible that if they will guard outside the campus, we will guard inside. This afternoon at 2 o'clock, a high military advisor came with three other officers. They wanted to inspect the buildings where refugees are living. Again, and yet again, we said that just as soon as city becomes peaceful, we will urge them to go home. They say that things are better in the city and they think they can go home soon. Our neighbor, Swen from Hu Chu Quan, who is living at East Court, said that last night from 60 to 100 men, mostly young, were taken in trucks to the little valley south of Jinling Temple, shot by machine gun firing, later put into a house, and the whole set on fire. I have been suspecting that many of the fires we see at night are to cover up either looting or killing. Fear more and more that our messenger boy and the son of the biology servant have both been killed. We have decided that it is not safe to have a Christmas service together for fear of what might happen on our campus while we are absent. Mary and I also afraid the gathering might create suspicion. Food is getting more and more scarce. For several days now, we have had no meat. It is impossible to buy anything on the street now. Even eggs and chickens are no longer available. Lights go off at 8.30 tonight. We have been using only candles in practice school for days for fear of attracting attention. As soon as the way opens up, I am anxious for Francis Chen, Mr. Li, and Mr. Chen to leave Nanking, for I do not feel that youth is very safe. Mary Twinham's house was thoroughly looted today. Most residences have been looted unless a foreigner is present in them, and that has been impossible when people are so busy. It is raining today. All people who have been sleeping on verandas will have to squeeze inside somehow. The good weather of past weeks has been a great blessing.
1: The same day, December 23rd as reported by Sen Shui-Fong.
3: Last night, no soldiers came in. They went to other campus to find girls. Fewer soldiers came during daytime. Those soldiers guarding the gate want to make fires to keep warm. They need firewood, charcoal, and treats to eat. Where can we find the treats for them, not to say We have none. Even if we have, we would not give to them. Because on the first day when they came, Voltron took some peanuts and cookies that remained in the South Hill to treat them. Then every day they want some. It's a lot, which we do not have. After consuming salted vegetables for two weeks, Now we are able to purchase a little bit of a green cabbage. Three or four hundred dollars, Chinese currency, a pound. Really expensive. There's also salted food for sale, all looted from elsewhere. Wei Zifu has not yet come back. People say that he had several $10 bills with him. If it's true, his life may not be saved. His son has not yet returned to Number 800 building. Soldiers looted Liao's and Chen's homes, and several things were taken away. It's cold and rainy today, so those who have slept on the outside verandas really can no longer sleep there. We wanted to open Huiwen for refugees, but no Westerners are available to take care there. It won't work. We have not made fire in the stove, and dare not. Only Voltron's place has made a fire in the stove. Ten days under Japanese soldiers, people have suffered so much. Today, a girl was carried in and could not walk, being molested by several soldiers, and her belly swollen. Now, we try to find ways to treat her. Probably, we will send her to the hospital tomorrow. In the future, there will be quite a number of bastards to be born in Nanking. Hateful, hateful.
1: Now back to 1927 and the aftermath of the Nanking Incident.
0: Because of the fear generated by the Nanking Incident's graphic coverage in the American press, most missionaries in the interior left their posts to avoid a similar fate. With the exit of foreign teachers and staffs, school administration was left to the Chinese and some of the missionary colleges consequently closed After arriving in Shanghai, Minnie and her Jinling colleagues immediately held one meeting after another to discuss how to help the nine faculty members and 15 students still remaining on the Nanking campus. They also made plans regarding the forthcoming semester, and hoped the situation in Nanking would improve so that Jinling could open in the fall as scheduled. At the time, Shanghai was in unrest too. People saw soldiers and wire fences everywhere in the city and heard gunshots at any time. Minnie found that the education in China was at a standstill and the student movement rose like a wildfire. Until September 9th of that year, Minnie and her colleagues in Shanghai still had no way to know if they would be able to return to Nanking in time to open the fall semester as scheduled. Nevertheless, on September 15th, they decided to send letters to all of Jinling's students, informing them that the college would be open in Nanking on September 22nd. However, should conditions prevent it from opening in Nanking, temporary classrooms in Shanghai would be secured. Also, they asked the Chinese faculty members on Jinling's campus to hold a conference inviting all Jinling faculty members in Nanking alumni and student representatives, and several administrators of the University of Nanking to discuss matters regarding whether Jinling should be opened on September 22nd and whether they would approve of the return of foreign faculty from Shanghai if permission to do so could be acquired from the nationalist government in Nanking. As a result, the conferees unanimously agreed to welcome the foreign faculty members at Shanghai to return to Nanking and to start the fall semester as scheduled. They also formed a committee of three, one each of alumni, faculty, and students, to get permission from the nationalist government for the return of the foreign faculty from Shanghai. After trying various channels, they finally obtained permission. At the time, law and order in Nanking was far from being restored. Although many saw the unrest in the city and at the Xiaquan Railroad Station when she stealthily returned to Jinling to handle administrative affairs for two days in mid-August, she and seven other American female teachers decided to return to Nanking at the risk of their own lives, without getting any approval from the American consulate, because they believed Jinling was worth being preserved. In order to distract the Chinese soldiers' attention and avoid any unnecessary complications, they went back to Nanking separately. Also, as a precaution, Jinling's president, Mrs. Thurston, stayed in Shanghai temporarily, and Minnie took charge of the Nanking campus. On September 22, 1927, Jinling started its fall semester on the Nanking campus as scheduled, with 22 faculty and staff, 8 foreigners and 14 Chinese, and 115 students. Many and seven other foreign teachers coming back from Shanghai decided for personal safety not to step outside the campus because they knew that if any of them had an incident, the rest would be forced to leave Nanking immediately. If all foreign teachers left Nanking, there was no way for Jinling to continue the courses offered. They also wanted to avoid diplomatic complications while the United States government was in the midst of negotiations with the nationalist government for a settlement of the Nanking incident. Therefore, for several months, the eight of them did not leave the campus.
1: Thanks for listening. On our next episode, Christmas Comes to Nanking.